Secrets of the world surround us. Unknown creatures, anomalous activity in our skies, invisible predators. And it seems the possibility of doorways to other realms may no longer be things of fantasy and science fiction. As a matter of fact, with our guests today, they may be coming closer to proving they are, in fact, science fact. The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch is about to return to TV tomorrow, May 3rd, in what promises to be one of the most startling seasons yet. Skinwalker Ranch in Utah has mystified people around the world with claims of unusual activity and secrets yet to be revealed. Mark Marinaccio joins us to share insights with us regarding this paranormal hotspot. And the skies seem to be more alive than ever, with strange craft and lights of unknown origins. It's as if there's a tear in the sky. We'll chat with documentarian Carolyn Corey about her newest expose and what it could mean to science and the world. Jeff Belanger returns with a vengeance in today's Upon Further Review. All that and more when we return to the best in paranormal podcasting. This is the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. The investigation of the world's most mysterious hotspot for UFO and high strangeness phenomena continues as astrophysicist Dr. Travis Taylor returns to join real estate tycoon Brandon Fugel along with his team of scientists and researchers on Utah's notorious Skinwalker Ranch. We've got a brand new look for you at season three. Let's take a quick look at that right now. What is that? You've captured a UAP on camera. From the creators of Ancient Aliens. We are nowhere near finished with our investigation. Comes the return to the world's most mysterious hotspot. We've got to do a lot more detailed experimentation. We're getting a spike in radiation. Everybody out of here now. Someone or something doesn't want us to collect data from the triangle. The Secret of Skinwalker Ranch. Tuesday at 10 on the History Channel. Mark Marinaccio joins us now. Mark, you're the showrunner for this series, correct? I am one of the EPs on this uh, this season, um, season three. This is, um, I, I've got to ask, stepping in with season three, there's obviously a lot of information that's been gleaned. We know that it has had negative effects physically and mentally on people that have visited that area. Does that raise any concerns for you personally or for the team? Yeah, I mean, it's always a concern, right? I mean, especially for the guys who've been out there before. Um, you look at what's happened to Thomas Winterton in the past, what's happened to Travis Taylor in the past. So it's always front and center. I mean, Dragon does a really good job of ensuring that he's got eyes on everyone all the time, um, whether it's the core team, the crew, or guests. So it's always a concern. You know, for me personally, not as much only because, um, you know, for, for the past 20 years professionally, I've been traveling around the world to the creepiest, most unexplained, haunted or, um, you know, high strangeness hotspots on the planet. So, you know, I get excited at that. I mean, it may be a little naive of me and a little bit stupid that I don't I don't have as much concern. 
um, for my own personal safety. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I get excited by that, but I also get very concerned for other people around me. But yeah, it's a, it's a concern. It's, it's a legitimate, you know, and if, it's funny, I think that that's probably the one thing that most people have a hard time understanding, you know, the, the, the rise in just paranormal exploration um, on and off TV, right. For over the years has sent a lot of people to a lot of locations where they haven't had negative things happen to them. So that's something that's sort of a new frontier, I think for a lot of people to, to believe in the negative effects of just being at a place. You've got quite the pedigree behind you of paranormal programming that you've worked on. How do they stack up with stepping into Skinwalker Ranch? It's all led to Skinwalker Ranch. I mean, when I, you know, when I started, I I came out to to Los Angeles to um, be a storyteller in the year 2000. And my intention was to tell stories of the unexplained, whether it's fiction, nonfiction, science fiction. My jam is really science fiction. It always has been. Um, And, you know, I got into the paranormal programming um, because of the types of stories I wanted to tell, not just sort of the other way around, like a lot of people just fall into something. And in 2005, when George Knapp put his book out on Skinwalker Ranch, uh, that was it for me. I read that book and, you know, for 15 plus years, I tried to get to that ranch. And so every everywhere I went, um, I sort of compared it to the ranch in a little bit, in little ways. You know, I... Um, like I said, all over the world, different places and and the paranormal and the ghost hunting stuff is great. And I, I really, I enjoy that in a lot of ways. And it was a new frontier, right? I mean, like when, when I started out on ghost hunters, I think season three. So, you know, it was still, was, is it okay to say my house is haunted? Is it okay to say, you know, I see ghosts. And, and then that's changed a lot, right? Now you tell somebody your house is haunted. You have a line of people out your door waiting to come in and investigate. Um, and so, but my interest has always really been more in, you know, the extraterrestrial UFO phenomenon. Um, and, you know, UFOs are a rabbit hole, right? You, you, you'll go down that rabbit hole. And I started that when I was, you know, 15, 14, 15 years old, actually a little younger than that dating myself um and you know but it's a little bit of a rabbit hole because you won't really get much other than imagery right at at the best um and so going into the paranormal explanation the ghost hunting at least there was an opportunity to get sort of next step information data understanding experiences you know evidence um but you know you hear about skinwalker ranch i've heard about it you know for for so long it's the penultimate paranormal hotspot on the planet. Right? right. I mean, there's, there's nothing that you see anywhere else in the world that doesn't also happen on Skinwalker ranch. And that's what that, you know, nothing, nothing in my mind will ever compare to, to the ranch as far as that goes. Skinwalker ranch is like the old country buffet of paranormal. Right? <laughs> 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 you come in, they've got everything laid out for you with now, a dessert. You don't expect. Exactly. you, you guys have piled up a lot of really interesting information and um, evidence over the first two seasons. Can you kind of give us a hint towards, and I know being on TV, you can't give much away, but can you give us a hint towards the rabbit holes we might find ourselves tumbling down this season? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the biggest things that, um, you know, you see this in the, in the promo, so I'm not really giving it away, but you know, I, when I came into this season, um, 
and sat down with with you know uh, Dr. Taylor and Eric Bard, you know, and said, "What do you What are you guys? You know, what are you going to do next? Like, you know, where I know where you left off from last season, but you know, you've got in front of you uh, uh, the longest laundry list of interest and experiment option, Terryson options that that exists with a finite amount of time that we're here, right? Um, they're all Eric's. You know, never leaves that ranch, obviously, but." Um, you know, and I think that the the big, the sort of the big ticket item was what's going on above the triangle. You know, season two ended with that that strange encounter with something showing up underneath the helicopter on the altimeter, um, you know, warning system. What's going on up there? You know, and so you know, I think really taking another bite at that apple. Um, was was just front and center on the guys' minds and interest is trying to unravel that mystery, you know, especially because you don't, you know, how it is in the world of the, the you know, quote unquote paranormal. And I put this in a little bit of a different category than that, obviously, but um, follow up is difficult, right? You, you, there's, there's only so much follow up you can do, and given any type of paranormal investigation, but the ranch is, you know. A, a singular location with repeatable phenomenon. So the question becomes, how do you go from transient to consistent, right? We talk about transient phenomena on that ranch. And if you can go from transient to consistent, then you can gather more data and you can have follow-up and repeatability. And I think that's a big, a big theme for this season is ensuring not only that there's consistency, but there's follow-up and that's, that's where we start out with that, you know, with going up, up to that triangle spot and trying to get another another look at what the heck is going on up there. I know it's exciting to be in a kind of environment like that where there is so much phenomena from spiritual phenomena to um, shape-shifting creatures to UFOs and possible potential portals. And you guys, you've got a team on the ground that are actually putting these theories to the test and they're getting some really incredible results. Was, was there any of the team that's been affected by the results is, and they kind of came as a skeptic that now you see that they're being profoundly affected by the fact that this isn't just legend and lore. This isn't urban history coming forward. This is, this is reality. Yeah. I think you can listen to, to Dr. Taylor. He'll say, he'll, he talks about that all the time. You know, he went into that first season with the, come on, what are you guys talking about? What is this nonsense? You know? Um, and, and now he'll tell you flat out that, you know, there's, he questions everything around him because of that. You know um, I think probably the most often heard phrase out of his mouth on the ranches that don't make no damn sense. You know, right. um, and he's talking from a scientific <laughs> perspective. And and it's, you know, I think when you've got somewhere, you know, er- Eric, you know, Eric is is the same way as far as the scientific process and investigation goes. But Eric didn't, you know, as far as I, you know, my relationship and understanding of Eric, Eric didn't come into it with a, you know, this is all nonsense idea. At least if he did, it was sort of predated me, predated the show. Um, and, and I know that, you know, he did this, uh, for Brandon and, um, had his experiences pretty soon after, but, you know, Travis was, is very much, he's hard science, right? I mean, he is working in it right now where he is like, I, you know, I am not even going to engage with anything that is out there like that kind of thing until, you know, you, you find the opportunity to conduct an experiment, right. gather data 
and that data challenges you know the science of the observable universe being a part of so many other but by the way all of them were like that just say <laughs> dragon thomas right. everybody was like you know whatever it's just a ranch i mean guests that come on it's it's it's, the, it's a recurring theme of yeah whatever i don't believe in this stuff and then people leave with like i don't know what to believe about the world anymore you've been to all of these haunted spots and and hot spots around the world because of the other programs that you've been a part of there's one thing to stand in front of a home that has paranormal claims. 2005, you read a book, right? The Hunt for Skinwalker with Colm Kelleher and, and George Knapp. Yeah. This book kind of obviously struck you very hard. What's it like to actually stand there, to be there yourself and absorb this? I mean, do you go in with any front loading because you've already read the book? You know what's going on? You know what I'm saying? How do you separate the, the imagination from the reality? Yeah, I mean, you know what? That's a good question because in some ways you, you you shouldn't. You know, I I stood, you know, I drove up to the gates for the first time. I stood there. I got out. I looked at those gates. You know, I looked onto the ranch and made sure I reminded myself of where I am, what it took to get here, and what I'm about to do. And don't take that for granted. That's the biggest thing. It's easy because Utah is a beautiful place, right? The ranch is a beautiful place, just that area. And it's easy to suddenly be like, wow, I'm just on vacation in, you know, not, not, from a work perspective, but this is such right. a beautiful environment. You sort of lose that perspective of a moment of like, wait a minute, everything that I've done for the last 20 years professionally, you know, has led me to this spot. It really has. So going into it, you know, I had to do two things, like you said, what, but the first was recognize everything that came before me, not just the, the two seasons of the show or the, you know, the five years, the four years of Brandon's had the ranch, um, since since I came on board, but also you know the the Bigelow days, the the Bass and Osap days, the Shermans, the Myers, the the Navajo, the Ute, the Free the Fremont. I mean, just there is such an incredible history in all ways that you have to consider all of that because a lot of times we only get our our hints, you know, our breadcrumbs that lead to the clues because of the human stories, because of mm -hmm. the personal you know, connections or stories that people have. So you can't discount those things. And just, you have to think that just because someone doesn't understand what they're seeing, doesn't mean they're not seeing it. Right. right. So now it's right. like, how do we measure? Um, and so that's, that's the one part of the other part is, you know, I can't go in there and be like, okay, this is what I want to do. That's not my job. <laughs> you know, my job is to say, you know, uh, Eric, Travis, you know, Brandon, what do you guys want to do? And I'm here to ask, why do you want to do it? And make sure that it's clear to everyone watching what you're doing, why you're doing it, you know, and what you right. hope to game. And then what do the results mean? Um, and, and, you know, because of my, my affinity for the, the ranch and the subject matter and my history, we were able to really have just genuine conversations that were a lot of fun for me to have. You know, I, I, I would talk to Eric and Travis and Brandon all day, every day, even if it wasn't, you know, working on the show. Um, so we were able to have these great conversations where they absolutely listened to, you know, um, my background, my previous experiences, where I was coming from and my interest. And I also tried to speak as the audience, right? If I'm, I watched the show for two seasons before mm -hmm. for producing it. So I can say, you know, 
after watching the first and second season, here's some questions I have <laughs> right. as Joe audience member. And they, they really want to make sure they, that's one big thing. They always want to make sure that everyone understands what they're doing. All right. Obviously, this property has gone from one big hitter to another, right? Going from Bigelow to uh, Brandon Fugel. These guys aren't lightweights. They're not just, oh, I'm buying a ranch to, you know, put out some steer. There is an obvious reason that Bigelow took over this property. Were you surprised that he let it go, knowing that there were still secrets to milk out of this? Or do you think he he did and pushed all the boundaries he could and got the data and the information he needed, and that was enough for him? I don't think he ever got the answers he was looking for. I don't think okay. any of those guys did. I think that because you don't know the question, right? right. That's the problem. Right. Um, but I think, you know, I was like wondering why, you know, and of course, you know, you, at the time that, that NIDS completed their, you know, their time there, then is when um, you know, the DIA came in and, and OSAP and, and Bass. But that was the time when people were running around saying there's guys in black uniforms with machine guns on the ranch. And everyone was saying, you're crazy. You know, um, guys like Ryan Skinner, who I've known for years, who was the biggest proponent of there's still something going on the ranch back at the time. And people were like, what are you talking about? Um, You know, so so there I wasn't I was surprised at the time that NIDS ended that he you know, that they stopped doing their investigation, not knowing that the government program was going on there but then since then you know in the last few years you know learning more and more about about bigelow and being on the ranch knowing the history you know a lot of people just they just get pushed off you know that happened to the myers it happened to the shermans it happened to previous caretakers you know and bob bigelow talks about that publicly about some of those concerns about um did the ranch you know create issues he had in his family Mm-hmm. With his wife, with his children or his child, um, you know, the hitchhiker phenomenon that people talk about is a very real thing. People go home. You know, I it's happened to me. I come back from from the ranch. People are like, oh, where were you? What was going on? I tell them, you know, some things I can talk about. Right. Or personal things. And they're like, no way. That's crazy. And then the next day they call me and say, after we had that conversation, you know, all the brand new batteries in my car, you know, died you know, um, or my phone doesn't work anymore, or I'm sitting with them and the phone gets glitchy. You saw in previous seasons what happened with Caleb Bench's phone, right? right? That's a, that's a, a pretty regular occurrence <laughs> on the ranch. And afterwards, you know, afterwards, I think when I came back, uh, you know, I had to get my wife a new phone. Hers was doing the things that Caleb's phone was doing. Hmm. It just wouldn't work again. So, you know, I think that I'm not, su- I'm not surprised that anyone decides to walk away from the ranch that would never that after having been there that would not surprise me in the least bit no matter who it is someone saying i'm done with this place regardless of what i've figured out or not and i don't know if you know how much of that was was you know bigelow but um considering just what went on with his life after that it doesn't surprise me and i know he also you know he got he got heavily invested in in his aerospace company right i mean he he started working directly with, I believe, NASA or whatever. So, um, you know, I, I could see that getting right. in the way. And remember, until 2017 and the, you know, the Tic Tac and, and you know, A-tips, Revelation A-tip, and then just in 2021 in February with the release of the summary report, um, the world was a very different place. 
right? Especially Agreed, for, guys, right? for guys like him. Uh, it literally changed overnight. It, it did. And that's, you know, that allows people now to really be more engaged in this type of phenomenon publicly and privately that maybe before had concerns about the, how they'd be perceived in public. What, what would be the, the biggest scare for you seeing an actual craft hovering? I mean, like no doubt about it, not just lights, seeing an actual craft, seeing some kind of portal open or seeing one of these insane creatures that they claim live. It would have to be a being. It would have to be a being for me. Um, And I use that term sort of as a catch all something that, you know, because even creatures, you know, I'll, I'll still go. I don't know. You know, did I see, did I see something that's anomalous or just, you know, a really big, you know, creature, elk, bear, moose, you know, wolf, whatever, you know? Um, So it would really have to be, disturbing um in a way that i think you know the 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 size and shape of the creature could not fit the norms right so right if i saw somebody you know somebody because people talk about seeing skinwalkers all the time right and you know the 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 skeptical part of my mind i don't like to use that word but you know i could say how will you know it's not someone dressed in something Right. right when they've got the same height and stature and build as a human. Yeah, however, so you've got guys on the ranch with weapons for a long time, so yeah. maybe you don't want to be out there skulking around dressed as a yeti I, or a wolf man, right? I'll tell you what, though, I took opportunities to walk. You know, and Dragon, when he hears this, he'll get very upset if he hears this. I t- would take opportunities to walk by myself. You know, back from where we were filming to the command center in complete darkness in the middle of the night with my headlamp off, my flashlight off. You know, my, it scares my wife when I talk about it. I would just walk down the trail back, complete silence and pitch dark, you know, just to see if anything would happen. Right. <laughs> or pop up out at me. Um, you know, so, so I'm a little bit different wish. than other people in that way, you know, but but in seriousness, you know, I, I grew up in this world, you know, right. my mother, a uh, very spiritual person, psychic, sensitive, you know, um, I learned, I learned a long time ago, whether you believe in stuff or not, is how to, you know, how to protect yourself. Right. I guess you would say there's, you know, and, and I tend not to use sort of new age terms uh, because I just believe there's science we don't have, you know, terminology for yet. Sure. But, you know, I, you know, I also did uh, the first show I ever created and sold was about curses. And I worked with a, a guy who was a dual PhD in neuroscience and clinical psychology who studied curses for 30 years. And, you know, I understood the psychology of how these things work. Now, I'm not saying that I could stop something from happening to me, but, you know, I do have a confidence that I can clean myself at the end of each day of anything on me. But that's, you know, the more you learn about the science, the more difficult that becomes, because I do believe there's a quantum entanglement thing taking place. And I don't right. I don't think we have the ability to if there's a quantum entanglement of consciousness, I don't think we we have any idea how you break that that connection. Well, the secret of Skidwalker Ranch returns tomorrow. Mark, thank you so much for joining us. People Absolutely. Can watch it on History Channel. And uh, you've got other projects in the work as well, correct? Yeah, I'm always, always working. You know, um, I'm on social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, at Strange Story Co. I'll be doing a lot centered around this season of the of Skinwalker Ranch as well. I'll do some 
um, some Facebook live, some live tweeting with some cast members, some AMAs after the show, uh, an after show podcast that I'll drop on Wednesdays. And then um, outside of Skidwalker Ranch, I'm always, I'm always writing, producing and looking for the next sort of, um, I, I hate to say big idea because there's really no bigger idea than Skidwalker Ranch to me, That's but true. how do, how do I, I always, how do I build on that? How do, what's the next, what's the next route to getting answers and understanding um and should we well keep us in mind and when you've got that next story uh and you've got some more to reveal from us we might even want to visit with you here at the end of the season and talk about what we've uncovered absolutely i'm happy to come back anytime even if it's after episodes air and talk um I will talk about this stuff till I'm blue in the face. Excellent. We've got, we've got links for you and for the program people can find on today's program guide. Exciting stuff. Uh, The, the episodes are fantastic. If you have not yet had a chance to watch it, go catch up on seasons one and two. You're going to absolutely love it. Um, There's so much information. And I, also read that book in 2005 when it came out. Uh, Colm Keller was one of our first guests on Darkness Radio back in the day. And this place has has uh, kind of emblazoned itself on everybody that reads about it or hears about it. So uh, I recommend read, watch, keep up with what's going on, because for once, science is taking it serious. They're showing us and they're letting us in on this investigation. It's time now for Upon Further Review. How do you like that fancy new opening for my buddy, Jeff Belanger? Jeff, Upon Further Review, yet another cinematic classic cult movie that I've sent you off to watch to share your wisdom, insights, and excitement. This was hopefully a movie to make up for Night of the Lepus that I I had you watch last time. So let's, let's give a little taste to the audience of the new movie we get uh, to to talk about today. You can follow me home. The Velocipista, a troubled priest. How long has it been since your last confession? Oh, it's been about two years. I do drugs, sell drugs, uh, murder people. Ah! 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 A beautiful girl with a dark past. Last night was amazing. What are you talking about? The time you turned into a dinosaur and ate something. Dinosaurs. You guys talk all the time about helping people. This might actually be the first time in your life you can. By what? Killing people? Yes! That's insane, Doug. God does not want people dead. Oh, I think God wants a lot of people dead. Dun, 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 the Velocipaster. All right, just watching that. How could people not get excited about today's review? Jeff, what's the final judgment? 
I don't think I can add a thing <laughs> to that trailer. It's all there. You're either 100% in right now or you're 100% out. I don't think anything I'm going to say is going to sway you, but <laughs> let me say a couple of things. Okay. Dave, I don't know why you hate me. Uh, I thought we were friends. Whatever. What I'll are get you over talking that. about? Uh, so, Dave. <laughs> there is ninjas. There is men fighting in underwear. There is a velocipaster. For God's sakes, yeah. what more could anybody want? Effects that are anything but special. <laughs> However, so Dave texts me and says, um, hey, uh, I want you, we review this movie. I was like, hey, what's the movie? He said, Velocipaster. I was like, I've never heard of it. He's like, you can see it on Amazon, Amazon Prime. And I'm like, all right, I've never heard of it. I'll go look it up. So I go and I look it up on my Amazon Prime and I find it and I it says, resume. And I'm like, resume? <laughs> but wait a minute. I've attempted this before. <laughs> I was six minutes in before I gave up on it the first time. And so uh, I'm like, no, I'm going to give this a fair shake. I'm going to yes. go back to the beginning and watch it. So um, let me say what this movie film, dare I say, is not. Uh -huh. uh, horror, no. Uh, comedy, not really. Uh, kung fu movie, eh, not so much. Love story, no. Really? Uh, drama, definitely not. Mm. Uh, buddy film, no. No. So here's what yes. I've come up with. Have you ever been to a restaurant, maybe like a, one of those big buffets, and you tried something that was so different you didn't love it. You didn't hate it. You don't know how to feel about it. So you ate it and you're like, huh, I I don't know what to think. Weird. Eventually, what are you going to do? You're going to ask someone you're with to try it, mm -hmm. right? You're going to be like, mm -hmm. try this. And they're going to go, huh. Now imagine if the chef came out and said, yeah, I did that on purpose. <laughs> Philosopaster. Well, that, that was all... You know what? I did have that happen to me. Our pal Joshua P. Warren, while we were filming the TV uh, series Paranormal Challenge 11 years ago, he said, Dave, we've got the night off. You've got to come watch Human Centipede. I'm like, I'm in. I'm in. And at this point, I'm thinking it's like a, a remake of like Clue, uh, you know, all these Hasbro toy movies. And I'm just figuring, remember the old Centipede game? It's it's probably yeah. that. And they've they've made it some kind of uh, sci-fi special effect uh, brunch. And uh, I'm still paying for it. And I think that's why I make you watch movies like this, to just try to, you know, share a, just a piece of that with you. Because at this point, everybody knows about Human Centipede, but very few people, very few people in the world know about the cinematic classic that is Velocipaster. Velocipaster. Well, when, when Joshua said it, this movie's better if we watch it in our underwear, that should have tipped you off. Hmm. But, uh, you know, fair enough, you missed the science. So this this movie, uh, at some point, it, it does laugh at itself plenty, which right. I appreciate, which is why you sort of hang in there till the end. And they're only asking for 74 minutes of your life, excuse me, 71 minutes of your life. It felt like 74, if I'm honest. <laughs> <laughs> 71 Wait, minutes you didn't stay to watch the after scene like marvel movies is that why it's only 71 minutes you let you, you let the credits roll and didn't stay for the last bit no i think at the second the, the credits started to roll <laughs> i was out but yeah the movie does laugh at itself and so it was just enough i mean it, it's it's going to be one of these uh cult movies for years that people talk about because you're like how bad can it be and you're like oh this bad but it owns its badness and uh i don't think i'm saying anything that hasn't been already announced on twitter uh brendan steer who uh wrote directed produced edited and was one of the co-stars of the movie mm -hmm. has recently announced on twitter there will be a sequel 
See, how could it be that horrible a movie, my friend, when a sequel is already in the in the mix? Oh, allow me, allow me to retort. Oh, please oh, retort yeah. away. When your budget is fifty-seven dollars and eighty-three cents, mm-hmm, and the movie mm-hmm. makes one hundred and six dollars, that's a profit. Hmm. Sequels okay. are in the works. So, so you're saying that they want? <laughs> they're just going to continue building on this uh, amazing universe that they've created. I think with, they are, and, and with every hundred dollars that they earn. Uh, they're going to make dozens of dollars on this franchise. I have no question that they dozens. will be supersizing meals for weeks to come uh, as they roll through fast food. Uh, but that being said, if you're watching it with a group of friends, if your state was, say, altered, uh, this could be a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, alter, altered states. That's the way you suggest watching this movie. Yes. You know, I, I'd be hurt if I was more involved, invested in this, but I'm not. Uh, I just thought it looked so fun. It was one of these movies. However, I was told that there is an, a remark. If you're going to watch a movie, at least watch it for the the one scene they spared no expense was the big car fire scene. Am I yes, correct? Right in the beginning. I, mm-hmm. I, I was wondering, should I give it away? Because it happens in the first 60 seconds of the movie. Uh, you know, this poor priest has to watch. Uh, by the way, I'm not sure how many people are familiar with the term Deus es Machina, means God in the machine. It's okay. basically when you, you see the writer's hand on the story and you realize, like, yeah, this is a little bit forced. However, yes, the, the car explosion scene alone, and it, you can watch that in the first movie and decide if you want to go on after that. Uh, no. First minute. No, you've got to watch it, folks. I, I yeah. want you to commit to this. When I go to the to the depths of finding a movie like this that I make my friends watch, it's only fair that you too check it out. I will say that I have had about 30 emails of people telling me that because of your first review, Night of the Lepus, that they have also watched the movie and also wish that they had their time back. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say this. I think 30 years from now, Mm-hmm. Some other version of Dave Schrader and Jeff Belanger are going to be talking about the Velocipaster as this movie from way back that a couple people watched and just hung in there for decades because it's just that wonderfully bad. And the other thing, too, you know, when you when you go on Amazon Prime, you can see how many people have reviewed a movie. Right. Right. And I want to say it's like eighteen hundred or something, which is wow. remarkable. Right? right. I mean, there's there's movies you've heard of that have like four hundred reviews. Right. This one's up to eighteen hundred people are watching. And if you want to get on on this uh, cultural uh, icon is too strong of a word. Um, I don't even know what you want to call it. This cultural thing, this subcultural <laughs> soon to be meh, maybe, maybe not. Right. Uh, then it's time to get in. Uh, just one other point the, the priest, the, the priest, father, father, Doug Jones, uh, the way the Velasa pastor comes out is when he's angry. And I know you're thinking like, Ooh, incredible Hulk, right? Don't make me angry. Um, yeah, but, but, you know, tempered down your expectations from there, because as Dave showed you, uh, the Velocipaster is, um, they, they spared many expenses when they were getting that costume together in, in paper mache. It certainly looks like it lives up to, uh, paper mache. I'm not totally sure, but I thought I heard the little whirring of the motor that keeps that thing inflated around you. Not, not positive though. <laughs> it was one of those inflatables. I, Excellent. Jeff, not only being an excellent movie reviewer, is also one of the hosts of Our New England Legends. I've got a link for that in today's program guides. He releases new episodes every week. What do you want, like 270? We're almost at 250, a couple of weeks wow. away. Yeah. See, yeah. Bu- budget up a little. It's something like 270. Yeah, like almost 270. 
buy 20 off. Yeah, I get it. Check it out. We've got a link for it in today's program, Guy. Jeff, as always, thank you. And I know you're just going to be sitting back waiting for that next cinematic treat that I'm going to send your way. Call. <laughs> All right, folks, uh, we have got to take a quick break, my little darklings. When we return, Caroline Corey is going to be here. It appears there is a tear in the sky, and she is here to talk to us about it and uh, a little bit about the documentary she's working on. So stay tuned. That's next right here on the Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Today's episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. What's the first thing that you'd do if, say, you had an extra hour in your day? Would you go for a run, maybe take a nap, read a book, or just show up for a friend? A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. And the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. If you're like me, you think, I can get through a lot. And we can. We're a resilient species. However, there are times that we need to reach out that hand and get a little help from somewhere else. That's what I did with BetterHelp. When I reached that limit and I realized things were getting a little bit out of control, instead of taking it out on my family or taking it out on myself, I just decided to reach out and get the help that I deserve. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy, my darklings. Get BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com P60. Do that today. You're going to get 10% off your first month. That's better. Help, H E L P dot com slash P sixty. It's time to take control of your life. Dave's here rooting you on, and if I can do this, you can do this. Let's do this together. BetterHelp dot com slash P sixty. There's a link for it on today's program guide. That's right. If you are interested in the new Paranormal sixty protection and energy healing bracelet, just email me, Dave at paranormal60.com that's dave at paranormal60.com we've got a treat for you next ladies and gentlemen this is pretty exciting this is a documentary i got a chance to watch over the weekend uh tear in the sky uh joining us for this next segment is a longtime friend caroline Corey, and she has written and created some of my all-time favorite documentaries she's back to talk about her new outing a tear in the sky let's take a quick look at the trailer for that what has made mankind is an insatiable curiosity insatiable what is that nobody knows the phenomenon nobody's ever done this as far as i know it's a huge amount of work a huge amount of data and equipment that has never been done Whatever this is, is more complex than we could ever imagine. This is a first in the field of ufology. The variety of devices we're bringing as a team to study the phenomenon covered an entire spectrum of different technologies in real time. That moment shook me to the core because I knew my life was about to change again. I think we're going to have 
have like a couple of really, really good spots. When I hear that you've assembled a team of top scientists using state-of-the-art equipment, I say to myself, it's about time. This is an unidentified, unclassified new phenomenon. Wow. Tic Tacs. Maybe Tic Tacs. Maybe. Caught on our cameras. Yep. That's incredible. Crazy. It isn't crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. We can go from body heat to very cold, like about minus 62 Celsius or minus 80 Fahrenheit. Wow. We will be transmitting data up to 800 terahertz in frequency. Our highest technology is up around 500 gigahertz. I can't tell you how much I'm looking forward to seeing what you've uncovered. triangulating and converging at two points the same object it's fading it's gone it's gone it's, it's, gone. Gone. it's friggin gone that's up to over catalina we need you up here we could be heading towards the biggest see i told you so in history that's what we need the smoking gun that'll clinch it that once and for all we'll settle the debate no ifs ands or buts and in the process rewrite all of human history Is this the wormhole? It's insane. Amazing, Caroline Corey. Welcome <laughs> to the program. Thanks for having me, Dave. I got to tell you, this documentary was phenomenal. As I said, I wasn't blowing smoke. I've loved all the documentaries you've put out. It's certainly they are amazing. They're well put together, well thought out, and show some really dramatic evidence. In this, you went and did something, I think, that far surpassed even my expectations by putting together the team that you have to go investigate this. Um, could you introduce us to, real quickly to the people that you have and why they were so integral to this investigation? So, as you know, uh, I've always wanted to bring the, the, the science to the paranormal. Uh, to right. me, as a filmmaker, I feel that that's my mission, to make the paranormal normal, you know? And so I do that by bringing science, by bringing more validation. And so in the case of UFOs, I wanted to do the same thing. So originally, I was going to put a team together, find the scientists, find the experts, and then I started stumbled on this team UAPX and they already had, you know, a couple of scientists on board and um, other folks from the Navy, the original folks who witnessed the Tic Tac videos. Right. And so, so I thought, oh, that's great. Why don't we work together and see if we can make this expedition happen? And that's how it all came about. And you, you saw what we saw, what we captured crazy right. stuff. How hard was it to get that team to want to open up and be exposed uh, on, on such an international scale as doing this documentary? It's one thing to have a team that you're, you're exploring and looking at this, but knowing that having been there to witness those Tic Tac UFOs and collect that data and information when they were part of that original sighting, many of those guys lost careers, lost family, lost everything because people thought they were a joke. 
Exactly. Actually, this was a great opportunity because they've been wanting to do that. You know, they've been preparing to do an expedition. Um, and, you know, it's hard. It takes money. It takes time. So I came along and it was per kind of a perfect fit because I wanted to document it as well um, in a film format. And they've been wanting to make it very public because, you know, let's face it, at this point, the government has been coming out, you know, saying it's it's real. These guys aren't crazy. And uh, more and more, especially with that latest report, uh, the 1,500-page report, where now they're talking about, you know, uh, abductions and uh, strange, you know, radiation and pregnancy. So they're definitely putting information out, and I feel it gave them even more permission, if you will, to talk about it. Well, it's beautifully done, and I love the way it builds and the evidence that you captured was was fantastic i've been wondering well if catalina is so popular with this ufo phenomena you know why aren't they just going out there and film? why are we always going after the fact why are we oh we heard about this this took place 30 years let's go investigate there's going to be nothing left but there are still claims from that area that there is activity taking place and that you guys went and found a triangulation variant so that you could be in three spots at once watching the same plot of sky that was genius. I'm so glad that you took it seriously and your team did and, and you guys were able to provide us this kind of intel. Yeah, so the idea of Catalina, first of all, even on a daily basis, I think in that area, there's something going on. There are areas around the planet that, that just I call them hubs, you know, where there's always mm -hmm. some sort of activity. And But the reason also in this film is that we did have the guys from the Nimitz on the ship in 2004 from that area. And then after that, also, we had the USS Kidd, the USS Russell, the USS Omaha, uh, also in the same area. And they had similar experiences with these Tic Tac uh, swarms of Tic Tac videos. And so it was kind of a no brainer to tie the story together to go back there, you know. And of course, doing it scientifically, you have to think what is science is correlations time correlation, triangulation. So that's why we had to put out this crazy amount of equipment that you saw mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. then get so a, a crazy amount of data and correlation to make this happen. And synchronicity is a strange thing when things come together. And I mentioned that because we just talked about Skinwalker Ranch in the first segment of today's mm -hmm. show. And you've also got this handsome fella as a part of your documentary, right? Right. Travis is a friend. And uh, what I love, because, you know, I'm also on Ancient Aliens and I've done right. actually Skinwalker Ranch. Uh, yeah, one I know. Of the I've been there, too. And so uh, so I, I meet uh, Travis also, you know, in the green rooms when we do events together and things sure. like that. And I was blown away in the like years ago. Travis was a very like hardcore, you know, not simple scientist, you know, it was very difficult to talk to him about anything that's paranormal or consciousness or quantum, you know, and more and more, I've kind of seen him uh, transition to this much <laughs> more, you know, I mean, I know he's was, he's always been interested in consciousness, but not in this open way. And now, probably from being on Skinwalker Ranch and discovering all these anomalies. So now he's brilliant because he brings that scientific background, but he's so open to all these other theories and 
potential explanations. Right. So it makes him a very interesting guest, and that's why I included him. Well, I know we spoke with him when the first season of Skinwalker Ranch was uh, debuting, and uh, he definitely, not that his paradigm was shook, but you could definitely tell he was opening his ways to the way of examining claims of high strangeness. And I have to tell you, and I, I promise I don't mean this again as just blowing sunshine at you, one of my favorite aspects of watching your documentaries is the pure unadulterated glee that you show on your face for every moment. Uh, as I'm watching the the documentary, every time you come in, just like today, your bright, brilliant smile, you are excited instead of just watching, which I, I, you know, watching all these other shows, everybody's always so sullen and we've got to go out and find this. We've got, you're like, what have we got now? This is amazing. And it's so much energy. And I love watching that because it, it can get bogged down. And I think, you know, I know doing, paranormal radio for over uh, 17 years now. People, oh, I want to know more about the science. And I put somebody on talking science and the, the downloads hit the dirt, right? Nobody actually wants the science. They just want to act like they want the science. But it's true. You, <laughs> you, you've actually brought the science. You've made it energetic, fun. And I love the fact that, that the guys on your crew, um, you can see the excitement and awe and wonder. And these guys aren't like 20-year-olds. They're, they're guys that have traveled the world they've been in the military they've seen things and to see their excitement in what you guys capture in this program it i love the fact that you didn't you know okay what have we got next to do well yeah. we're gonna go it's not this just serious boring science you know project that you do and you brought that energy to every one of your documentaries and i think that's what keeps pulling me in as i watch you know, they'll get serious because there's something ex extraordinarily interesting happening. And then they bring you in to show you. And then you, you're kind of the audience with us. You get to be that exuberant. So I appreciate that you I, and I understand why you're, you're getting such great documentaries out is because you've got the eye to see what people are going to connect with. And this one does not leave uh, anybody wanting. And and you, you kind of give a little bit away in the trailer. So I don't want to do too much more on that. <laughs> But uh, but my God, not only do you capture uh, anomalous lights and craft in the sky, your team has figured out ways to measure uh, everything from speed to distance. Uh, you're catching it from three different vantage points. You've got and I want to talk to you off air about one of the experiments that you utilize, because I would love to talk to you about partnering on a paranormal ghost themed aspect using some of that same technology that I think may terror tear open a new portal for the paranormal ghost world. Um, right. But just watching what you guys were able to bring to this excited me because it was giving, giving us a chance to not just see little flecks of light in the sky or think we were able to actually see things as they develop, hear things, witness them, and then see how the experts respond to it in real time as opposed to, okay, we did this six months ago. We've had scientists from Helsinki yeah. looking at this, right? And now they're going to come back and tell us they're doing it real time, collating the data and, you know, information, testing each other, questioning each other. When you captured kind of that big aha moment at the end of the documentary, yeah. It, that's the one time I see the smile just kind of freeze. And you're, it was almost like this. It was almost too much to comprehend for everybody at that second. What, yeah, was, that, absolutely. what was that like? It was crazy. I mean, just like William Shatner goes, it's crazy. It was crazy. I mean, so don't forget, Dave, we went out for five days, five days. Mm -hmm. I mean, what are the odds that we would capture one 
compelling thing. We ended up capturing a huge amount of data. And so, of course, I'm making a film, right? I mean, we're going to just pick the few most important or striking or unusual ones. And so we end up capturing not just the typical orbs you see on YouTube and the typical, uh, I mean, we capture, you know, the tic-tac shaped one, but also the, the event that you're talking about, you know, some of them zigzagging and doing crazy stuff, appearing, disappearing, registering cold. How, how is that even possible that right. an object would be flying and actually be cold? What sort of propulsion system? So we were able to capture all these very, very anomalous things. And then even with that, we were pretty satisfied. And then we were studying this one footage and we're like, wait a minute wait, did we just see that? <laughs> so long story short, people really need to see this, like the film unfold, the story unfold, because it's so fun, like you were saying. But at the end, we were all blown away because um, it was literally like an opening and closing, uh, which looked like a cloud, but it's not a cloud because there were right. actual physical objects that were measured where we were able to, they were, you know, the radar picked up these little tiny things uh, that are reflective. You know, the radar doesn't pick up clouds. It picks up, you know, uh, right. the physical object. So when that happened, of course, now these are very nuts and bolts scientists, which is good in this case. Because right. they're gonna, they're not gonna just jump on it and come to conclusions and say, "Hey, we found a wormhole," or you know, they're gonna be very careful. So they're, you know, going down the list. Could this be this? Could this be that? Maybe it's a NASA thing. Maybe it's a solar flare. Maybe right. you know, and nothing's checking out. So at the end, everybody. Look, I try to be so careful not to give it away, and you're just like, "And could it be a wormhole? Could it be?" <laughs> I guess the, the title okay. alone should give us a little sense of what we're dealing yeah. with, a tear in the sky. Uh, yeah. That that was astounding to see, because having yeah. been in a UFO hotspot, have you ever heard of the Assetti Ranch in yes, Trout Lake, sure. Washington? Have yeah. you been yeah. there? I haven't, but the, James invited me a couple of times. I haven't been able to make it there. Do you know what's really strange? Th- yeah. This is... I will say this is one of the most remarkable phenomena I've ever heard, and it has nothing to do with what I saw there. But do you know how many documentarians, uh, ufologists and film crews that are into filming? I've asked that same question and they're all like, you know, I've heard of it and I've been accepted, but I've never gone. I've often wondered what's keeping people. And I I don't mean this uh, as a throwaway. It's interesting to me. Why are people not going there? This guy made a claim. I'm driving home one night. I'm listening to coast to coast AM. He's on with George Norrie. And then I'm like, "Mm, all right, all the postulating, all these theories and stories and aliens that visit him. And, and, but the thing that caught my attention was on a clear night, you have a 90 to 95% chance of seeing something over the skies over my property. And then he wow. said, and I invite anybody to come here. So I showed up unannounced a few weeks later and uh, I had some of the most remarkable experiences of my life witnessing things. I've got, this is an artist rendition, but this is the actual piece of sky and the pine trees that were there on the, one of the last nights. We we're all looking at Mount Adams, the vol- dormant volcano. And that's where a lot of the light play takes place in the sky. And uh, I decided to go out in the field and turn around and look back towards the house and where everybody else had their back. And as I'm watching, 
from this grove of pine trees, something came swimming out in the sky. I say swimming because it looked like a stingray, the way stingrays kind of flutter. Yeah. It was glowing blue, but not illuminating, but it was like that, that blue gel pack look. And it was mm. energy as it was swimming through the sky and it came out from behind the one set of trees and vanished. I ran towards that at mock speed, throwing rocks between those trees, thinking he's got a screen up there. He's projecting some kind of laser show. Nothing. I go back and I tell James what I just saw. And he goes, oh, yeah, that's a half organic, half machine. That's how they traverse the different universe and, and multiverse. And I just looked at him like, what? But this is what I saw. <laughs> this is what I saw. Yeah. Wow. Wow. It was it was huge. Wow. It was self-contained light and it flew right through the trees. And he was totally unfazed. He knew exactly what I was talking about when I said what I saw. Totally unfazed. And then the key to me was he said, now that they know that you're watching and that you have an honest interest, they will let you see them. And I started seeing more anomalous things in the sky in many different places I've been. So it is, it's really fascinating, but I, you got to get out there. You've got to, I'll be happy to go I with know, you. We did I'm that, going to, it's on my list. <laughs> we did an episode of a TV show called Paranormal State back in like 2007 or 2008. And I took the, the college kids on, away from hunting demons for an, a week. And we went to the Isetti Ranch and we filmed an episode there. And we captured some really cool uh, stuff. And it, just when we were there the one night prepping, I had these really expensive like third or fourth generation night vision goggles. And I'm looking up at the sky because I see this one light. And as soon as I pull up the goggles, you could see this giant triangle. And the light was just at the tip as it's surfing through the sky silently. And I handed it to the rest of the crew and everybody just was baffled. They're like, how is that even possible? And you could see it blacking out the sky, but there was only that one little pinpoint. Mm. So I've got a question for you on that. Yes. If they're trying to be covert, Carolyn, why are they lit up? Why are they? Why do they have a light on them? I would think that if you're an alien craft trying to stay kind of subtle, turn off the lights. Yeah, well, I think what happens is uh, they're doing their own thing. You know, sometimes people think like they're doing stuff for us. Uh, I don't think so. It's kind of like, I mean, they're different. You know, we're getting into the agendas and the purpose and everything else. But to me, they're just doing their own thing. And sometimes they happen to, to you know, kind of uh, cut across or come across through mm -hmm. these hub points and they start to be visible to us. And then they're not because they're going through these hub points you know like zero points kind of so so they come into our visual spectrum and then it looks like they disappear i don't think they're doing it on purpose like they already are glowing they already have and i i feel like we talked about this in the film too it's possible that their pulsating light is a form of maneuvering space but also perhaps communication because uh, some of them, especially the half organic ones, are made of light. And right. so it's kind of yeah. like that's, you know, that's what they do. They are light. Yeah, it's, this is not a physical craft. I mean, you know, like metal. Right. And so I think it's part of their organic nature. Amazing, folks. Check out <laughs> A Tear in the Sky. When is it officially going to be released? Today. Today. So people, oh, it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> awesome. So we've yeah. got it out available today. I've got links in today's program guide for you to find it and see where you can watch it. And I promise you, 
take the time, watch this documentary. If you are a fan of ufology, of ancient aliens, of any of these kind of programs, this is going to blow your mind. And it is so exciting. I can't see what, I, I can't wait to see what you guys do for the next step uh, in, in evolving this in investigation. Carolyn, are you, are you already at work at trying to take it to the next level? Of course I am. We already, I mean, just from what we've shared in the film, and there's more, there's hundreds of hours of data that's still being studied, but just from what we have in the film, oh my God, we have so many ideas uh, what we need to do next. Excellent. This it's has exciting. never been done before. This this sort of data collection, it's right. literally beyond government, beyond anybody. I mean, this is a first time ever. So it's very exciting. Very, very exciting. Check it out for yourself again, folks. It is uh, the Tear in the Sky. It is always a pleasure checking in with Caroline and the work that she does. Her documentaries, as I said, are fantastic. Catch up on those as well. It's an exciting time to be alive. I mean, we may finally have entered a new phase in scientific discovery. Now that experts are putting in the effort to examine these extraordinary events and circumstances surrounding them, it does make you wonder. Once we prove that there may actually exist these portals to other worlds and dimensions, will we take the next step of trying to enter one and truly visit the final frontier? Would you, given the chance, willingly step through a portal or wormhole to another existence? Let me know what your thoughts are on that. Dave at Paranormal60.com. That's Dave at Paranormal60.com. I'd like to thank my guests today, Mark Maricino. Uh, make sure to watch the season three uh premiere of Secret of Skinwalker Ranch tomorrow, May 3rd, 2022 on History Channel. We have more info and links on today's program guide, uh, and he will actually tell you how to pronounce his name properly instead of letting me butcher it by watching the shows. Also, thank you to Carol and Corey for expanding our minds in a new and exciting way with your thought-provoking documentaries. And please remember to check out A Terror in the Sky. Links and info also available on today's program guide. And to my buddy, Jeff Belanger, Buddy, you're a champ. Thanks for always taking on the tough jobs for me and watching films to share them with a whole new audience. Check out Jeff's fantastic podcast, Our New England Legends, at the link we provided on today's episode guide. And thank you all for visiting the Paranormal 60 and allowing me along on your journey. May the darkness be a little more light with the information that we shared here. The search for life beyond our comprehension is taking exciting new turns. Keep your eyes to the skies and remain keenly aware of strange phenomena near you. Who knows, you could be the one to make the next greatest discovery, to take us into a new paradigm. Make sure to like this video and podcast, subscribe and tell everyone you know about it. And for our podcast listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. If you would like to hear just the audio version of this podcast, you can find it on most audio platforms. So go check it out for yourself. You can find all those platforms by visiting paranormal60.com. That's paranormal60.com. We will see you next week right here as we examine what's haunting the basement that's our topic next week and we'll be back this friday with the boys with supernatural paranormal news that takes place right here on the best in paranormal programming this is the paranormal 60 with dave schrader